everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. What's love got to do with it? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about this secondhand emotion. We're talking about commitment. We're talking about pledging yourself to a position no matter what the cost. Well, since we're talking about love and love stories, I've invited my man back. I'm talking about Chucky Bethany. Let's give him a round of applause because since we're talking about romance, we need some, we need some music, don't we? What do you think? Valentine's is right around the corner. Guys, are you square for Valentine's? Hope you are. Are you? There you go, I like it, I like it. Today, I wanna tell you a story, and this story is a true romance novel. It's found in the book of Ruth. Now, Ruth is nestled over in the Old Testament. I think it's the greatest love story out there because not only of the character development, but also the subplot. Last week, we opened this series, What's Love Got to Do With It? And we talked about Ruth. Basically, Ruth was from a land called Moab. She left Moab, went to God's country, Bethlehem. Bethlehem, you know, where Jesus was born. She happened to meet, because her husband had died in Moab, she happened to meet billionaire Boaz, this man of God called the kinsman redeemer. And basically, as we left them last week, we saw that they lived happily ever after. I don't know about you, but I like to live happily ever after. When I was a kid, my mother would read me all those children's books, all the epic children's books, and and they lived happily, what? Ever after. Go to a movie, and what do you What do you want? You want a good ending. Or maybe someone reads a book or whatever and we say, hey, how does it end? And now, and again, if you're reading something or watching something, you might fast forward to the end or maybe you'll turn to the last chapter because we like an ending. I would argue we're made for happily ever after. We're made for it. All of us face an ever after. We either face it with God or without God. Yet we find that Ruth and Boaz lived happily ever after. Well, today I want to give you the backstory of Ruth and Boaz, this couple. And, and what I love about the Bible is the Bible keeps things real. No smoke and mirrors, no veneers. I mean, it's like boom, boom, it keeps it real. The Bible, in many circumstances, in many areas, is not G rated, it's R rated. So if you're ready to, to tackle that, Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah, I think you are. Now, the book of Judges, the last verse says something pretty scary. It says, in those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Does that sound like 2014 or what? I'm just going to do right in my own eyes. If it's true for you and you don't hurt anybody, sounds sexy, you go ahead and do it. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. What's true for me is true for me. What's true for you is true for you. That's what was going on in the book of Judges. And that's where we find ourselves with Ruth. 
Ruth was in Moab. She was a Moabitess. But to give you kind of the backdrop of this story, let me open up the, the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 1, and let me go down to verse 1. Check it out. Now, it came about in the days when the judges governed, everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes, that there was a famine in the land. The food was scarce, all right? And a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn. That means just take a little trip to the land of Moab. Moab. I love that name, don't you? Moab. Sounds like some exercise equipment. I need some Moabs. Anyway, Moab with his wife and two sons. So we've got, and don't let these names confuse you, but we've got Elimelech, we've got his lovely wife, Naomi, and their two sons, Chilion and Melon. They bolt from God's country because the food was scarce. They go to a land that God said not to go to, that God said to avoid, they go to a land called Moab. Where's Moab? Moab is on the eastern side of the Dead Sea. I've swam in the Dead Sea before, and it's eerie. All the salt floating around, you can't even sink. You know what, we're gonna get another trip on to Israel. Who wants to go to Israel with me? I'm, I'm serious, we're gonna go, you watch for it over the next year, we're gonna all go to Israel. It is an awesome trip. Swimming in the Dead Sea, we'll all swim right there. It's, it's pretty crazy. And we can look to the east, and there's the land of Moab. Moab was wheels off, a decadent culture. The gods they worshipped, one god named Chemosh. When you wanted to please Chemosh at certain times, you would simply sacrifice children to him. There was another god, Baal Peor, the god of perversion, ginormous orgies, the god of pornography. Those body parts we cover were uncovered the God of prostitution, the God, one commentator said, one commentator said, of anything goes. Sounds like our culture, doesn't it? Just look around. I mean, you've driven down North Brest, I mean, Northwest Highway before, haven't you? We live in Moab. We live right there in Moab. So you got Ruth living in Moab. And then you've got this other chick named Orpah. I didn't say Oprah. Orpah living in Moab. And here's some trivia about Oprah. I even looked this up. Originally, Oprah was named Orpah from this Moabitess, yet her family didn't like the way you had to pronounce it, so they changed it to Oprah. And speaking of Oprah, I want to give away a new car to everyone who showed up today at church. Yeah. No one believes me. That's okay. So, this, this family, they leave God's country. It's supposed to be just for a little while. And they go to Moab where they got more food. I would rather have an empty stomach and a full heart in God's country than have an empty heart and a full stomach outside of God's country. How about you? Isn't that a fact? Many times we'll go like, well, it's getting tough. It's getting difficult in God's country. Man, it's, it's really difficult. Well, there's no opportunity without opposition. 
And when you have opposition, that means you've got a real opportunity many times. The opposition should alert you and me to our position where God wants to put us. Well, Elimelech is like, no, 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 I don't like, I don't like kind of having some hunger pang, so I'm just going to go and take my family from Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. And Jesus said in John 6, 35, I'm the bread of life. That's a whole other message. And he was born in Bethlehem. Get it? Get it? Are you feeling me? Yeah. I know Chuck's feeling me. They left the house of bread and they moved into the house of blues. They moved to Moab. What in the world are they doing in Moab? I mean, come on, Elimelech. Somebody stand up and lead somebody. Just cowering, just caving in. So they make their bed, they make their whole living in Moab. And here's what's so sad. When they moved to Moab, not only did they move to Moab, Moab moved into them. And that's what happens. When, whenever you make the move or I make the move from God's place, out of God's will, to Moab, not only do we move into Moab, Moab will move into us. And when we move into Moab, here's the tweet of the day. Are you ready for this? When we move into Moab, number one, it takes us farther than we want to go. We stay there longer than we want to stay. And it costs us more than we're willing to pay. I would clap right there. I think that's a, I think that's a clapping line right there. I'll say it again. When we live in sin outside the will of God, it takes us farther than we want to go. I can't believe I'm into Moab this deep. We stay there longer than we want to stay. I only meant to stay here like for a day or a couple of hours. It's been 10 years. That's how long Elimelech and his family stayed in Moab. And it ends up costing us more than we want to pay. Well, Ed, what do you mean? Guess who clocks out? Elimelech, he dies in Moab. Every time I go to a funeral, every time you go to a funeral, the body in the casket preaches a sermon. It's the last sermon. When I do weddings, no one pays attention when I do a wedding. They could care less what I'm saying. But when I do a funeral, I mean, they are locked in because we're talking about life or death. Elimelech preached a sermon. Naomi should have woken up and smelled the espresso, but she didn't. Then her two boys, they married these two hot Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. Guess what? They clock out. So, 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 so stay with me. You got four people moving from the house of bread to the house of blues and only one coming back. Because Naomi, this widow who was depressed, despondent, downtrodden, She's like, I have nowhere to go. Because back in the day, if you were a widow, you had nothing. All the property, everything was about the man. If you were a woman, too bad. So here is Naomi. Again, just, just hammered by grief. Definitely in a dark, deep time of depression. And let me tell you something about depression. Depression is real. Don't ever think it's fake. Don't tell somebody depressed. Don't, don't tell them like, hey, snap out of it. Hey, just think good thoughts. 
I mean, that's fine and dandy, but it's amazing how many times in the Bible, men and women of God went through a depression, went through a time of, of, of darkness. So you got Naomi, she's been in Moab now for a decade. And now she says, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back home. I'm gonna go back to B-Town, Bethlehem. I'm worthless. And she wanted to change her name to Mara, which means bitter. That's how bad it was. Well, you won't believe this. Her two daughters-in-law, now, now this, is, this is a miracle. Orpah and Ruth, the Bible says they attached themselves to their mother-in-law. That's a miracle. <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding around. He knows. They attach themselves to the mother-in-law, Naomi. And they look at her, think about it. Naomi's old, man. And they're young at the zenith of their life. And they probably made their way back to Bethlehem, back from Moab, back from outside of the will of God, into the will of God. Don't you know they saw the Lord in Naomi's life, even though she wasn't really living it totally and completely for God. They saw something different, so they just made their way back. Three women, burdened with guilt. And maybe, just maybe, they pulled over in a Chick-fil-A parking lot, I don't know. But think about it, three chicks who'd been filleted by the world. And Here's what is so whack about it. Here's Naomi, she's going, I'm going back to Judah, to Bethlehem. I'm leaving this ungodly place. I'm leaving Chemosh and Baal Peor and all this other wheels offness. Yet she encourages, and I kind of understand why she did this, but then again, I don't. She encourages Ruth and Orpah to go back to Moab, three times, read your Bible, return to Moab, don't hang out with me, go back, go back, three times, return, 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 go back, go back, go back. And that's some pressure. Pressure bust a pipe, right? And, and, and Orpah was like, she's kind of lagging behind and she's kind of like, well, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I want to go with you, Naomi, but now she looked up at the Chick-fil-A sign and didn't look back to Moab, and she thought, man, I'm going to go back to my religion. I'm going to go back to my relatives. I mean, so many people will say, well, you know, I'm not sure about, about, about giving my life to Christ because what will my relatives think? What will my grandmother think? What, what will my uncle think? I'm not sure about being baptized. What will my relatives think? Hey, God bless your relatives. That's great. But you're big enough and old enough and responsible enough now to make the decision yourself. Because when I get into heaven, God's not going to say, hey, Ed, first of all, let me talk to your grandfather. No, no, no. He's going to be talking to me. He's going to be talking to you. I'll never forget one time I was at a baseball game of all places. A guy invited me to, to go to this box and I was 
hanging out there, and I was in the back. It's weird that I even did this, eating hot dogs. I don't even eat hot dogs. But when I eat one, I just have to eat like three of them. I love hot dogs, although I don't eat them. But I found myself eating hot dogs. A guy came up to me that I recognized from a Jewish background. He told me that he'd been coming to Fellowship Church, and he said, you know, he really enjoyed it. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of on the edge of giving my life to Christ. But he said, you know, my, my relatives, I mean, I'm Jewish, dude. I am Jewish. What are they going to say? What are they going to do? And I said, yeah, I understand there's going to be pressure. But I said, Jesus was a Jew. And I think Jewish people make some of the best Christians I know because they have this capacity. They're God's chosen people and all that, you know, whatever. And so while I'm talking to him, this guy in this box, at the back of the box while I'm stuffing my face with hot dogs, and I like mustard on them, that's it, mustard and onions, that's it, that's it. While we're doing that, this guy's getting ready. He, he like wants to do the deal where we are. And right when we're talking, some idiot, I'll say it right, an idiot comes up and tries to talk him down from making this decision. And this idiot tells me, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm just praying to, 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 to the Lord, Lord, take this idiot away. He's gonna ruin the deal. He's messing the whole thing up. Thankfully, he walked away. And in that box, this guy bowed down, hit his knees, and asked Christ to come into his life. Is that amazing? You're talking about facing your religion? You're talking about facing your relatives? So that's what's in play here. So Orpah's like, no, nah, I don't know. I, it's a lot of pressure. And, and you know, I can look back and, and, and here's, here's the deal. Naomi, she was not in her right mind. She wasn't living for the Lord. Don't take advice, especially relational advice from people who are living in Moab. Don't do it. Because they're going to have crazy, make crazy advice for you and me. You ever talk to someone? It's like, man, that, that advice is crazy, McCraze. It's nuts. What's Ruth doing? I mean, I understand some of it. Go back to Moab. Go back. What? 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 Well, they got to this decision time. And as you know, love is a decision. Someone asked me several days ago. In fact, I was getting my hair cut. And, and, and this lady who was cutting my hair, there were some people, you know, we were talking and stuff, and she was asking me about Fellowship Church and blah, 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 and, and, she, and, and they were asking about love, and I said, well, you know, love is a decision. I said, it really is. I said, yeah, you, there's strong emotion, but it's not like it's emotion and flowers and hearts and chocolate candy coming down from the sky 24-7. I said, I love my wife today, I told her, more than I did 32 years ago. But I said, some days we don't feel in love. I've never met anybody who's been married over 10 minutes. Oh, I feel, I feel in love every No, you don't. You're lying. It's commitment, right? I mean, yeah, you have to have the chemistry. I understand that. You gotta be attracted. Once you step over the line, you understand that love is a decision. It's lived more at 98.6 and 
It'd be a good place to clap. Somebody clap. But our, but our, but our, but our, but our culture says differently. So anyway, we get to the parking lot. You thought I'd forgotten Chick-fil-A. In Chick-fil-A, Orpah goes back to Moab. And sadly, we don't hear from her again. It wasn't a happily ever after ending. On the other hand, Ruth, baby Ruth is my favorite candy bar. Ruth follows Naomi and she works in these fields and meets billionaire Boaz who probably looked at her and said, you're my baby, Ruth. He probably said that. That's where we get the candy bar from. <laughs> and he redeems her. That was sad. He redeems her, marries her, and they live happily ever after. Did you know this? I, I just looked this up. Did you know, I, I, I was blown away. Did you know that Boaz's mom was a hooker, a prostitute? We would say a hoe. <laughs> Rahab. That was Boaz's mom. Didn't that give you confidence, confidence? And how, and how God has used, how God has used Ruth, a Moabitess, in this crazy land. God has used her in this beautiful romance novel. Let me stop for a second. You are a central figure in God's love story. So am I. But the question is, have you acquiesced to him and allowed him to do what he wants to do in your life. Because we will never understand love until first of all, we respond to this irrational, one-of-a-kind love from the God of the universe. Well, Orpah bolts, and here's what Ruth says. Baby Ruth, here's what she says. Once again, I can't believe it. Naomi gives Ruth an opportunity to bolt. But Ruth is like, no way, no way. Check this declaration out. 16, verse 16, Ruth chapter 1. Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. She's not just a professor of her faith. She is a possessor of her faith. There's a lot of people that we meet, especially in DFW. There are more spiritual pygmies here than any place in the world. So many people we meet, they, they, they profess, but they don't really possess. Isn't that a fact? I think about Elimelech. You remember Elimelech earlier in the story who moved from the house of bread to the house of blues? You know what his name means in the Hebrew? God is my king. Wow. He didn't quite live up to that, did he? The moment I become a follower of Christ, my last name is Christian. My full name is Edwin Barry Young Christian. And if you're a follower of Christ, Christian is your last name. I ask myself regularly, Ed, do you live up to your name? Are you living up to your family name? Or are you like Elimelech going, yep, uh-huh, uh -huh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. God's my king, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live, I'm gonna live in Moab. As you read the scriptures that get even deeper, you see right before Orpah left and made them move back to Moab, you know what she did? She kissed Naomi. 
How many people in this area kiss God on Sundays but live in Moab the rest of the time? Interesting. But you got to love baby Ruth. The truth about Ruth. The proof is in the pudding. She said, I am fully and totally committed. It reminds me of Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man or good woman are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in their way. i got to ask you, have you made a declaration of your faith to God? Yep, you're going to have well-meaning people. People like Naomi say, don't do it. Don't think about it. You shouldn't do it. So it's either Bethlehem or Moab. It's either the promised land or the wilderness. Moab, Moab. That's a weird name. Yesterday, as I was trying to put the finishing touches on this message, I began to look and research the Hebrew behind Moab. What is Moab? Where did that name come from? And what I saw just like rocked me. You remember back in the day, because we're going to Israel next year and we'll do this. Remember back in the day before this story, you had Abraham, and I'm coming back to where we are. This is about the love story too, don't, don't worry. Abraham and Lot. Abraham, heavy hitter. The dude was absolutely transcendently wealthy. So he had, he had his relative with him, Lot, and it was like two Fortune 500 companies moving through the wilderness. I mean, these people were like major, major players. So it became so big, so crazy, Abraham said, man, Lot, we gotta part ways, brother. Our people are fighting, all this competition. I'll give you first choice. Now that's amazing because Abraham was the man. He should have chosen first. So Lot looked one way and it looked like West Texas. I'm not dissing West Texas, but you know what I'm saying. He looked the other way, beautiful mountains and fertile plains. And he said, you know what, Abraham, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to West Texas. I'm, I'm going here. And that's where he went. And ultimately he went to Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot did. So he ended up being in Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know what God said? God said, I'm gonna judge Sodom and Gomorrah. The fire's gonna fall on Sodom and Gomorrah. And just to give you the Wikipedia, Lot and his family got the insider information and God allowed them time to flee Sodom and Gomorrah because the fire was falling. And God said, don't look back when the cities are going up in flames. Don't look back. So Lot and his family. <gasps> but Lot's wife stopped. And this was a look that killed. Turned back. <sighs> Turned into a pillar of salt. And as I've said, and I'll say it again, I've been in the Dead Sea. I've swam in the Dead Sea. And to this day, they're pillars of salt around the Dead Sea. Some of them look like humans, I'm serious. Wouldn't that be a great like zombie movie? You're like floating in the Dead Sea and you feel someone scratching. Oh, it's Lot's wife! <laughs> salt spilling, every oh my, whoa, it scares me. Anyway, 
That's not in the story. I just made that up. It's my imagination. Yet, Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. So then from there, she dies. Lot escapes, and this is where it gets R-rated, to a cave with several of his daughters. The daughters say, the world is coming to an end. They get their daddy drunk. They both have sex with him. Both get pregnant. One of the sons is named Moab. Guess who found the land of Moab? Lot's incestuous son, Moab. Isn't that crazy? And then you got Lot's wife who looked back, boom. And now you think about Orpah who looked back, boom. That's freaky, isn't it? Moab. Moab. Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Moab. God's country or the enemy's country. And then I started thinking about these different characters. I started thinking about Boaz because we got Boazes here at church. Some single girls are like, I just would love to meet a Boaz. They're here. How do you find them? You start doing what Ruth did. Be others-centered and you begin to work and serve and you'll find Boaz. I'm not saying he's gonna be a billionaire. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying he's gonna be rich in ways that money can't touch. Boaz, Boaz, Boaz. We got some Boazes here. Boazes who love God. Boazes who are stand-up people, even though you might be from Rahab, cool. You, you love the Lord, you're mature, you're on fire. We've got people like that here at Fellowship Church and in our many campuses. Thank you for your Boaz. Now, we also have people like, like Naomi. You've been in Moab, you've, you've kind of backslidden, fallen away from where you should be walking with God, but you've come to your senses, you've gone through a difficult situation, and now you're like, all right, all right, I'm, I, am, I am making the move back to the house of bread. We got a lot of people here like Naomi. We love you. Also, too, we got some people here like Ruth. You've grown up. You're a Moabitess. Here, there, and you're into this, you've been into that, but you've made a declaration of your faith. You've said, Jesus, I give my life to you, and now you've made this step. You're in the promised land. You're in the house of bread feeding, John chapter 6, 35, on the cosmic carbohydrate, Jesus. He said, I'm the bread. Still others. We got, we got the fourth one. We got some Orpahs here. And if you're an Orpah, man, we love you. And I don't care if you stood in the Chick-fil-A parking lot and gone, well, I don't know. And, 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 and you're tossed this way and that way. You're thinking about Moab. Moab's pulling at you. That relationship, that, that, that relative, that Baal worship, that religion. And maybe you have some people, some people that even are well-meaning, but they're not giving you good advice. They're saying, oh, go back to Moab, stay in Moab, stay back, stay back there. Just like that idiot said to me while I was sharing Christ with my Jewish friend. Oh no, don't, you better think about it, stop. No, I wouldn't do that now. 
I would challenge you to turn, to roll the dice, and take the step, Orpa, into freedom, into emancipation, into salvation. And this is the foundation, friends, of love. This is the foundation of it. So is it going to be Bethlehem or Moab? Where are you in God's love story? Boaz, Naomi, Ruth, or Orpah? One last thing. <laughs> then I'm going to go. Moab was the incestuous son of Lot. What a founding father. But then I even looked up in the original language what Moab meant, the name Moab. And the name means, who is your father? Here's how I put it. Who's your daddy? So if I'm in Moab, I'm asking, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? God needs to be your father. And he will adopt you into his family only through the son. Our Boaz kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this message. I thank you for the Boazes here. I thank you for the Naomi's. I thank you for the Ruth and the Orpus. I thank you for our backgrounds, even though they're sin-stained and even though they're riddled with issues and dysfunction. But I pray, Lord, that we would all say, you know, I'm ready to be a central theme in this love story. So today, if you find yourself in Orpah's sandals, turn away from Moab and turn to God, turn to Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And you can make this decision to turn God's way by simply saying, just say this with me to yourself, just say, God, I've messed up in Moab. I turn around from my sin. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for my sin and rise again, and right now, I ask you to take control of my life. If you prayed that prayer, that's the greatest thing you will ever do. You made this commitment to the Lord. Well, man, I don't feel it. Sometimes you don't really feel it. Well, I, well maybe I feel it and I don't know. It, it, just make the decision. It's a decision followed by a process. Just say, Jesus, I give my life to you. Others here are like Ruth. Or maybe like Ruth, you need to recommit and just step up and, and, and cling to, to someone 
like Naomi, who has guided you to the Lord. Maybe you're like Naomi, and you, you feel like you've really backslidden, and, and, and now you're coming back. God, we just thank you for who you are, and we thank you for this time. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.